today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie We're going to bring you more on the weather and the conditions on roads where the snow has affected the driving conditions around the country. That's coming up in the next little while. But now, gardens, backyards, balconies, looking a bit tired and shabby at this time of the year. We are emerging, we expect soon anyway, from the darkness of winter. So to mark the first day of meteorological spring, we've invited two experts to give us advice and tell us how we can spruce up our outdoor and indoor spaces for the months ahead. We've Gardener Mary Staunton and DIY expert Catherine Carton with us. You're both very welcome. Now we had, Mario, if I I start with you, Mario, we had expected to be talking about spring and all of the lovely things we're supposed to be doing. But it's a a different conversation really we're having today because of the snow. It certainly is. Well, the only thing is, I suppose anybody was going to call in about moss in the lawn won't have to look at it today anyway. (laughs) It's covered in snow. So it's, listen, this isn't unusual. We've had, um, if I look back at photographs in March, um, over the years, there's been many uh, snowfalls in March, so it isn't unusual. But plants will just wait, and they will just wait for their opportunity to um, come through the, the ground and flower. So it isn't, it's not uh, the worst thing in the world. Yeah, be because some, some people will have been trying to get ahead of themselves and doing some of the planting in, in February. So you're saying exactly. they shouldn't be overly worried? No. Listen, things, if you look at the, like snowdrops come up in, in January and February when it's really cold. The ground is warming up. Um, the snow isn't going to stick as much. I mean, I had a horrendous journey across the M50, but um, and I ended up in Stillorgan here, um, pulled in. Oh, you're but just down the road, um, right? I know, I know. <laughs> just made it down the road. But it's it's plants will wait. They they'll wait for their opportunity. So um, I wouldn't be overly worried. Yes, seedlings. If you started seedlings off, um, and maybe you, could, you might be worried about them, but you wouldn't have put them out yet. Mm-hmm. So just bide your time. This is a, a day really for. Um, sitting beside the fire to be honest with you, you Think, know, thinking about lovely books yeah thinking exactly about, thinking yeah. about what exactly. you're going to do and yeah, that's really yeah. what we want to talk to you about today and mm. Catherine too is, is the jobs that you really you need to be planning now for March because the weather will get better we hope in March we'll have some bright yeah. days and there are jobs that we need to do so where do we need to start yeah. okay so at, at the moment um, you're you will be getting kind of dahlias ready and things like that. So maybe you took dahlias out of the ground last year. They're the big tubers, beautiful flowers in the middle of the summer to the back end of the summer. So you can take them out of where you've stored them and pot them up, get them ready for um, um, spring and into summer. And what they'll produce is little green shoots. And you can actually take cuttings off those if you want to um, make more of uh, your dahlias. So that's kind of a little job you could be get, get, getting done at the minute. Again, you can start seedlings off. You can pe- prepare the ground for um, getting your potatoes in if you're going to grow a few potatoes. Um, so if there isn't, you know, we, we could get a very nice day tomorrow when we had a beautiful day yesterday. So things will move on and we will have to get uh, started. If you've got things to still move around in the garden, you have a little opportunity this weekend to dig up shrubs and move them maybe to where you um, should have put them in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's another little job you could get done. And just anything tidied up, like there'd be leftover bits from um, herbaceous perennials that maybe are looking rather raggy at the moment. So you can cut them back and, um, you know, really kind of give the, the garden a okay. little bit of a spruce. And aren't we on the clock when it comes to pruning roses? You are on the clock when it comes to pruning roses. Very good, Claire. Very good. See, I it's, remember um, that. That's yeah. something to tell my husband to do now when I get home. <laughs> oh, well done. Yeah. 
it's um, it's yeah. You have you have. This is your opportunity. So you're cutting back to an outward facing bud along um, your rose your your rose stems. The idea is that you get loads of open space in the centre of the rose bush because that allows good air circulation. It also allows for um, better blooming of flowers and take out some old stems. You know, you you want the young vigorous stems. So you can cut back kind of hard, especially if they're. Um, Rose bushes, hybrid teas, that sort of thing. If they're climbers, take out one or two stems. Um, and if they're ramblers, you won't be able to get up to the very top. So you maybe take out a really old stem. But the idea is to cut to an outward facing bud because as the sap rises, the extension growth will go out towards where you cut. So if it's an outward facing bud, the lovely extension growth will go out, not back in and okay. clutter up the yes, centre. Yeah. Okay, so you need to be a little bit clever about it. Now, you can tell himself that. Yeah, yeah oh, 100%. Um, <laughs> Catherine, I love seeing the extra light coming in a little bit earlier in the day than into the afternoon. Oh. You know, when you're inside, it's just so nice to see that light coming through. But then I look at the windows and I think there's a job I have to do. And you have tips on yes. that front. <laughs> windows, skirting boards, doors. It's this time of year when that light changes and it just hits differently. And especially with all the storms and the snow and everything, the windows are not looking too fresh. So this time of year, my favourite thing to clean windows is white vinegar and distilled water. Um, if you don't have distilled water, you could use normal water. So 50-50 in a spray bottle. Give it a good shake. And I use this on, I use this on skirting boards. I use this on the windows. I use it to clean down the doors. And I don't know if you ever fall down the rabbit hole on the internet when it comes to cleaning videos. Yeah. I sometimes end up on like, yeah, cleaning TikToks or whatever. And uh, if you're ever looking for a bit of a motivation, but one thing I notice is they all have these fancy gadgets, which we do not need. I see people wa washing their walls down with these fancy mops. Uh, you don't need anything like that. But one thing I do find that's handy, especially for someone who is short is the extendable squeegees so if you do have you know high windows and you don't want to pay someone to come out and do them you can get extendable squeegees um if you need to tackle them and they're also great at just knocking i know it's like the cobwebs in the corner above a window it's this time of year when i start to notice them more than uh, any other time throughout winter mm -hmm. so uh, just going back to your method of cleaning the windows in particular so your water and vinegar solution are you just using a cloth there or do you use newspaper? I use a cloth. You can definitely use newspaper, but I do find that by using um, just a normal uh, cloth um, that it will leave it streak free. But people have, I've heard of people using like Coca-Cola to clean their windows and using newspaper as well. And just with the vinegar, make sure that it's the white vinegar because if you use the malt, it might smell a bit oh, like yeah. chips. So use the white vinegar. Uh, the Coca-Cola thing now is a mystery. I haven't heard that one before. Like surely that would be sticky, no? I imagine it would, but there's all these cleaning hacks that you see kind of on the internet. And I think it's just to be cautious and just stick with like the old favourites and the old reliables. You can't go wrong with a bit of vinegar and water solution. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's a, a reasonable point to make, Catherine. And you're using that solution on the skirting boards as well, because you're dead right. As soon as that light starts coming in, you start seeing things that you ha probably haven't noticed throughout the winter. Yeah, and a couple of tips. So if you are thinking this time of year, some people might be thinking, right, I'm going to touch up the woodwork. I have some chips um, on the paint. So if you are touching up any chippy paint, 
Um, my best tip is if you have chips in the skirting board, get some sandpaper and lightly sand the area where you have a chip. Sand back as much of the chipped and flaky paint as you can. Give it a wipe with some sugar soap and then prime it with a primer. And then you can paint over it with the top coat that was already on. So another thing people find is if they're skirting boards, maybe they have white doors and skirting boards. I'm sorry, I think that's uh, my ring doorbell going off. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> the joys of uh, doing at-home interviews. Um, so if you find that your paintwork goes yellow, it could be because that an oil-based paint was used. So gloss paint is generally oil-based and satin is usually water-based. So if you find maybe you've moved into a new house or there's old paint and you notice that it's going yellow, it's because the oil can bleed through over time and you get that discoloration. Mm -hmm. So gloss paint is generally more durable, but I prefer to use satin um, because you don't get that yellowing because it's water-based. So, so it if might, you do need yeah, to paint... Yeah, might last a bit longer. Yeah. And if you need to paint over um, any oil-based paint, just make sure that you prime it first with a stain block and primer. So if you go into any of the like independent decor shops, they'll recommend something that you can put over it to stop it bleeding through. So okay. if you go and try and put a satin over an oil, it's not going to mix. Okay, well, I have a couple of questions now for Mari. So Catherine, if you want to see if that person is still at the door, now's your chance to do it because I have <laughs> questions for you too. So come back to me. Um, poor Maura is upset because all of her daffodils oh. are flattened. But look, yeah. they only last so long anyway don't they they do you see and like with the smaller flowers they bend over and then they'll you know once once the snow is gone they'll start um coming back to life again and um, daffodils just got trounced because some of them are very you know they're they're maybe 14 inches 30 centimeters that sort of thing and they're a little bit long so any sort of wind or snow or anything like that will give them a good bashing that's why i tend to grow the smaller varieties i know they're not as exciting but i tend to grow mm -hmm. the smaller little varieties tete tete and that sort of one well is It'd there lovely, is yeah. there enough time in the season for more to see those back again in the daffodils, the daffodils yeah you, well not really in it she cuts them and puts them in vases and brings them in. That's the only kind of... If they've been flattened to the ground, they won't kind of... They're too long. Yeah, they're not going to revive themselves. Yeah, uh, exactly. This listener says, my calla lilies only produced one flower between them last year, which was their second year. They're in big okay. pots because I have waterlogged clay. So any advice okay. on that front? Yeah, so what they're, what they're doing is they're growing roots at the expense of growing flowers. Um, sometimes when you give a plant a big space, they'll be very happy just to send out roots and not really bother with um, with producing flowers. So the idea is to treat them a little bit meaner and give them a smaller space. Um, don't feed them as much. Let them. The, the, the whole idea is that a, a plant wants to flower to reproduce. That's its kind of that's its goal in life, really. Um, but if by by treating it too well and giving it far too much space. And they feel very happy and all they're going to do is produce a load of roots and okay. a load of leaves and at the expense of flowers. So, so smaller pot. Trick it. Smaller pot. Yeah, exactly. Trick it, exactly. Okay. Um, Catherine, here's one uh, for you. It's uh, This person has an ugly concrete water tank and they want some ideas how they should cover it. So they've suggested themselves a quick climber, which might be Mary's department. But for you, they're asking, would decorative cladding work? 
Yeah, so you could get um, some fencing. Uh, you could do the likes of bamboo. Um, if it's a concrete, uh, once it's not the actual water tank, if there's a concrete surround, you could paint it and do a design on it. So just for example, I had a con- I have a concrete base for my greenhouse and I couldn't afford bricks for it because I had no budget left. And I actually painted on bricks with a sponge. So I cut a sponge into a brick shape and I got some outdoor paint in like terracotta shades and I did a brick effect uh, for the flooring. So you could do something with a stencil on the concrete. Just make sure that you use a good outdoor paint um, and you can get stencils and you could do a design on it or you could add something like mirrors. Uh, you can get outdoor mirrors if you wanted to do, you know, paint the concrete, stick a mirror on it, make a feature of it to hide the water tank that's behind it or you could just do some fencing as well um, if you wanted to get like a bit of like fencing panel to almost like screen it so another way sometimes people will hide their wheelie bin Mm-hmm. and they'll get you know like screenings and things like that if you have a look online um, and look up like how to hide like wheelie bins sometimes you'll get uh, free woodworking plans online and you might be able to build something simple um, but you could just do a bit of paint so maybe uh, wait until we get a nice sunny day um, in March generally try and um, if you are painting outside hold on until about April time when there's like less moisture in the air if you are thinking of touching up any walls in the garden or any like paint jobs on fences try and hold off till about April time Okay Mary your solution for that person in terms of planting they suggested a quick climber would that be where you'd go? Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 a, a, a more, I suppose, a cheaper option, if you like. So um, early sensation is a lovely clematis, evergreen, and it produces beautiful flowers at this time of the year, um, coming into now, into April, and then it kind of finishes off early May, early sensation. Um, what else would there be? Um, oh, it would have to be an evergreen. You could do a lovely wisteria, but you'd have to put up a, a decent kind of um, structure to hold it. But early sensation doesn't need, um, clematis early sensation doesn't need a, a heavy structure. So something like that. And it's evergreen, you know, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Catherine, this is the time of year as well, I think, where um, it's starting to have a clear out really. I mean, it's the spring clean, isn't it? It's, it's obvious what's going on in our heads. We want everything fresh yeah. and new. But then it's difficult to know where to start. Would you advise starting small? Pick one drawer, Absolutely. one cupboard? Yeah, little and often because we've all done it where we pull apart drawers and you're sitting on a bed full of clutter and you regret starting it. So I try and give myself just little 20 minute windows um, and try and do like one little thing a day. So if it's that drawer of doom and something, a little tip as well, try and digitise as much as you can. When it comes to the boring stuff, I do love having a lovely photo. I don't think we should throw those out. But when it comes to things like bills and things like that, I find the drawer of of doom in the kitchen will have random mortgage letters or whatever so I try as much as I can to just go digital and email with those things mm-hmm. um, so that kind of frees up the clutter that comes into the house um, so little and often and then have a look around the house and see um, can anything be sold on um, it's great to give things to charity as well but maybe if you're trying to maybe you want to buy something new for the house and you're getting rid of old clothes and furniture try and like the 
circular economy. So try and sell them on. If it's secondhand clothes, have a look at Depop adverts. Same for furniture. And also little things like if you're clearing out the shed and you have things like paint cans, now is a great time to go to the recycle centres because I find they're not as busy. So if you go, if you wait until like the May bank holiday and things, and when the weather is good, the queue does be mad. I find now <laughs> is a great time to go to the recycle centre and do your clear out, bring your empty paint cans, all of that kind of stuff. So get a little head start on doing the decluttering. Well, Catherine Carton and Mari Staunton, thank you both for being with us today. And thanks in particular to you, Mari, for your valiant attempt to try and get here. We really appreciate it and safe journey home. Welcome. Look after you, yourselves. That's Mari and Catherine. We'll have a flavour of Callan's kicks after this. Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.